I'm Tass Mellis of The Starters. This is Ben Golliver with the Open Floor Podcast. Hi, I'm Kristen Ludlow from NBA Inside Stuff. I'm OG Ananobi of the Toronto Raptors. Hey, I'm Elena Donon, and welcome to the Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch. Double Clutch Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Double Clutch Podcast presented by NBAstore.eu, Europe's official NBA online store. Remember to use the code DCPOD15 at checkout for 15% off all your purchases. I am one of your usual hosts, Mike Miller, and I am joined by Mr. Tom Hall. Hey up, how are you doing? Are you okay? I, I am. I'm uh, I'm just trying to get my head around what's just happened because uh, we're, what, uh, 15 minutes past the NBA trade mm-hmm. deadline, which I'm kind of glad it's a bit of an earlier one this year, um, and things have gone a bit bit crazy. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I've had a great evening. I've just been sat in front of my computer for an hour and a half with a giant bar of dairy milk, just staring at Twitter, making a few notes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, living in bliss, yeah. Having a great time. Yeah, sounds it. Living the high life. Um, if you're not already, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast. Uh, make sure you're following us at Double Clutch UK on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Um, and if you fancy it, leave us a review. It always helps, and it's good to hear from you. If you've got any questions for us, email us admin at doubleclutch.uk. The trade deadline. It's got to be one of the most exciting events in the NBA season. Sometimes it's it's not as exciting, but it's kind of lived up to expectations this year. I remember last year's was quite good as well. It's one of the few times in the year where the NBA just absorbs everyone's attention. There were some huge, huge moves this time around. The biggest was where we should start. So we're going to go with Jordan Bell and Bruno Caboclo. (laughs) Ah, no, we're not. Ah, look at that little tease. Um, We're going to go with the huge trade uh, between the Golden State Warriors and the Minnesota Timberwolves, which is Minnesota Timberwolves getting D'Angelo Russell, Cat's longtime friend, uh, Jacob Evans and Omari Spellman. The Golden State Warriors getting Andrew Wiggins, a 2021 top three protected first round pick and a 2021 second round pick. So the Timberwolves have been hankering after D'Angelo for a while now and they mm-hmm. finally got their man. What's your take on this trade? I like it for the, t- uh, the Timberwolves. I don't think, like Wiggins wasn't doing much for him. He started the season well. It's just that, I mean, the the asset that they gave away was the 2021 first round pick, which was only top three protected. I imagine that'll be a really good pick unless the Wolves make a big jump um, in the next year or so. So I think the Warriors are getting a good pick there. Wiggins, he could fit in well next year. Um, obviously, they're expecting all the main players back. Um, so I'm not as sure for the Warriors. I think Russell's going to add a bit of excitement in Minnesota, more so than Wiggins has. So I like it for for them. I think we're going to have to see next year with Wiggins how he fits in with Clay and with Steph and when everyone comes back. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a big get for the Timberwolves. I wonder if they're already going to have remorse for sending uh, Robert Covington away yesterday. Uh, because I can imagine actually with those three there, that's a pretty decent core to run with. Um, Carl Anthony Towns has obviously got one of his, his best friends. I think it was, did they do a slam cover recently? Um, yeah, yeah. And Devin Booker as well. And they were saying how they were already talking about how they were all going to team up at some point. So. Maybe this paves the way for a Devon Booker to exit Phoenix and arrive in the uh, the wonderfully sunny state of Minnesota. Um, he's going to have to get used to some serious cold if he goes that way. I uh, Wiggins to me, I I think this is the opportunity he could thrive in. Uh, I know it was mentioned in the the Slack chat earlier, but this is straight away where my mind went is that the last time Golden State had. A, and I get we're about four years on from that now, but a, a core four 
um, or three rather, you know, with Steph, Clay, and Draymond. Um, they had Harrison Barnes at, at, at the three, and I think Wiggins is probably a more athletic, younger, better version of Harrison Barnes. Yeah. I think that if they can get him engaged and get him producing, he could be a real asset. And, you know, Harrison Barnes walked out of there, and I remember the photo quite clearly now is when they knew they were getting KD. He signed as a free agent in Dallas, and they handcuffed him to the the briefcase in the in the <laughs> the, the press pick. Um, I I think he could shine in that role. I really do. Uh, it, it was going to be quite intriguing to see how D'Angelo fitted into that system as a as a ball dominant, um, well primary ball handler essentially alongside Steph Curry. Um, I, I actually really like the Wiggins pickup. It's a, it's a bit of a gamble, but you know. In theory, they could have the Warriors could have ended up with nothing for KD this summer, and somehow they've managed to flip it into a couple of a couple of picks and Andrew Wiggins, which I don't think is too bad a haul. Yeah, it's true. And who knows next year if the Warriors are challenging um, come this time next year when if they are going to look to flip that pick again, if it's going to be a decent one, then they could get a decent asset for that if they're going to pick up a player to to bolster the roster to make a playoff push next year. Um, mm-hmm. The thing is, with I keep thinking about D'Angelo Russell, and I thought this for a little while now. Do you think he's overrated? Because I'm... He obviously puts points on the board and he, he can score. But, he, I mean, he's been scoring for a, um, a Warriors team that's had no one else really playing for him. Um, I wonder if he's just a little bit overrated. Obviously, he was an all-star last year, um, but that was because someone else got injured. Oh, yeah, I think that was a soft all-star yeah. anyway. I'm not he's... convinced he's quite as... I think there's a few players like that, like Covington, who are going to come to and Russell and that. There's been so much talk about them. I'm not convinced they're as good as we're kind of making out. I I think he's good. I don't think he's the elite star that people are suggesting he could well be. I think he's a, a very talented player, like borderline, borderline Eastern All Star, um, <laughs> which is a it's not hard. Uh, is it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I yeah, I, I don't see him being like a you know a top ten player in the league at any point in his career, mm-hmm. and you know maybe hopefully he makes me eat my words because. You know, I like nothing better for than for someone to to overcome the odds and become a, an elite elite player. But right now, no, I'm not feeling it at all. He can fill it up occasionally. He's a, a solid, dependable guy to put up points. But you know, so's Lou Williams, and yeah, you know. So that's my, that's my thoughts on on that bit. Uh, anything else you wanted to pick up on that one? Um, I've got a weird kind of like for Amari Spellman, completely unjustified. Um, okay, but I think he he's decent. He could give some good minutes off the bench, kind of backing cat up in Minnesota. Yeah, other than that, I'm, I'm still digesting the trade. Really, I'm still trying to take it in. And I think until we see um, Wiggins, it might be nice this year to see Wiggins kind of like in like Russell did, just kind of having his own um, teams just to play with. And it, obviously, he'll be like the leading man in Golden State until the other guys come back. So it'll be good to see him kind of get free reign for a few months. Yeah. I was watching the the NBA TV deadline show uh, as as we sort of were ticking towards this. And one of the I can't remember who raised it, but one of the points brought up was this is going to be the first time where he's been in in a an institution where there is a a culture of winning and a structure and a hierarchy of of elite talents sort of pecking order essentially mm-hmm. where he's not going to be at the top of it. So it's how he responds to 
being in in a, an environment that demands more of him than Minnesota probably ever did. I thought that was a, a really great point to to make actually because he's he's never had that sort of veteran leader, you know, who's still able to produce on the court whilst he's whilst he was in Minnesota, and now he's got. At least two of them, probably three, uh, depending on how you rate Draymond after this season so far. It's um, it could be it could be a real breakout season for him. Uh, but let's let's flip now to uh, Miami and Memphis. So Miami receives Andre Iguodala, Jay Crowder, and uh, Solomon Hill, and Memphis receives Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and James Johnson, who's been flipped actually to. Minnesota since then hasn't he? Yeah, for Gorgi Jang. Yep. So, I th- yeah, that's another interesting trade we could pick about if we wanted to, but uh, we probably won't have yep. time for it. <laughs> um, Iggy's also signed an extension: two years, thirty million. The second year is a team option, which allows the Heat to retain potentially max cap space in twenty twenty one when a certain Greek freak will become a free agent. Um, what did What did you make of this one? I'm I'm not sure about this. Um, for Miami, I, I like I actually really like Jay Crowder coming in. I just think that they've given up quite a lot for Iguodala in the same way that we've just talked about um, Russell and Co. Is he is he actually that good to warrant giving up Justice Winslow and a pick as well? You know, I'm just not sure. I think Winslow is just as good a player with probably more upside. Now. Well, definitely more upside now because of his age compared to Iguodala. Um, and I'd I'd really don't like this extension they're giving him for someone who's so old. To get two years, thirty million, I'm not sure what. What do you think? I get what you're saying completely. Uh, if you looked at it in a vacuum, then a, you know, a player of Iggy's age, you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily think is the building block to go around compared to someone like Justice Winslow. Mm-hmm. However, um, as as someone who has stupidly drafted Justice Winslow into my fantasy league <laughs> team this season, um, he has been horrifically injury prone. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's had a back bruise is what's kept him out predominantly since uh, since I want to say late November and prior to that he had an ankle injury. He's n- he's not really been consistently available, you know, be- not just this season throughout his career. At, at times he's stepped up fantastically. Like last season when Dragic was out, he stepped up, ran point, was primary ball handler, which for a, for a guy who's essentially a small forward is no mean feat. But he's just not there, and if you're not on the floor, then what value is your production anyway? I wonder how he would coexist with Jimmy Butler, who obviously is is someone who has a high usage rate as a ball handler. Um, whereas Iggy, I know you're paying money for him, and, and like a chunk of money for him over the next potentially three years, he knows how to play in a role at an elite level, and... You know, as I say, in a vacuum, at his age, he's not going to give you the sort of output that you would necessarily expect from a player of that caliber. But they're bringing him in to to be an X factor in in, in you know playoff matchups. He's what made the the lineup of death work um, in in Golden State. I think he could be someone who just allows them to just squeeze the other team a little bit more in a playoff series. And by the time if if they get to the finals, clearly that's their intention now. They're going for the finals. He's he's a great guy to have. He's rested. He's never been a huge, you know, great jump shooter. He's had injuries throughout the last couple of years. You know, back injuries in the finals, uh, leg injuries, the sort of things you get as you get old. <laughs> but 
he can still deliver, and I think he's a, a a decent vet to have. Yeah, and I do think we've talked about it on previous podcasts, but like amazing from the Memphis Grizzlies what they've done. Um, people were questioning all year whether they were actually going to buy Iguodala out or if they were going to hold on, whether they were just bluffing. Um, and they've ended up kind of sticking to their guns and they've got a pick for it. They've got Winslow, who he might be injured, but I guess it's worth taking a flyer on with all the other moves. Oh, Winslow could be, could be a real steal. Yeah, yeah. And then Waiters, pff, you know. He's not coming back. <laughs> I'd be quite happy if I was Memphis to do exactly with Waiters as, I, as I've just done with Iggy, yeah, to yeah. be honest. You know, we will pay you to stay away from this team. And then you flip James Johnson for Georgie Jang, who is actually, I, I think, is a, a serviceable big. I, yeah, I don't think they've done badly at all out of this. And Winslow, again, gives you a bit more size on the wings and provides you with a secondary ball handler uh, for, for Jar Morant. It's... Uh, yeah, it's it's great for them. Pers- personally, think that because they've got nothing out of Iggy anyway. At least now they're going to have someone come in and contribute. I just want to I just want to dive into Iggy a bit more because because this and, and this is sort of going to re- lean into where we talk next. But the the value of sort of a, a, a three and D, although he's not a great three point shooter, so this might be a flawed point. Um, it's sort of the sort of X factor that he he is on the court, despite not being a star. Is that is that sort of the key thing that you think teams should be looking for in this day and age in the NBA? It is. And like, like what Iguodala brings is, obviously the defence is great, um, but he's one of those guys that really steps up in the playoffs. Um, and he's, he's been there and done it all. He's got the experience. So for the team where I don't think anyone else on the roster has, well, definitely not gone that far, um, he's going to give them that experience to hopefully take them over the top. It is a really short-term move um, for Miami. I mean, it kind of signals that they're going to go for it a bit this year, next year as well. Um, but I'm just not sure with the. He's, I mean, he's 36 right now, um, and we've not seen him play all of this season. Um, we were obviously yeah, he's not played since the finals. Yeah, has we were going to debate kind of his the whole debate between him and the the young Grizzlies that were going at each other on Twitter, um, but we're not going to get time for that now. But um, that kind of surprised me as someone who's um, always presented himself really well on TV and comes across as this kind of well-seasoned, level-headed vet who then starts going at his teammates, um, teammates in inverted commas. Um, <laughs> it, that kind of confused me and went against what I thought it was about. So um, I guess now he's in Miami, he'll be 100% all in and he'll be going for it. But um, for the money, for his age, I'm not convinced. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will. Um, and although the trade deadline has passed, we may still see some trades filtered through, so we'll keep you updated. Mm. I say we'll keep you updated. We will we'll try and comment on them as they come through because um, you'll probably have heard, you'd have heard them by the time this comes out. Uh, talks did stall. There were talks between OKC and Miami as well about getting Gallinari there. Um, again, they were looking to extend with the heat-keeping flexibility for that 2021 slot. Um, do you think how big of an impact do you think someone like Gallinari would have if they somehow managed to have sum- submitted this trade before the deadline? I think, I mean, he's a, he's a great player. He's got a lot of size and he can, he's great offensively as well. Um, he definitely gives them more offensively than um, Iguodala does. But I think mm-hmm. um, from what I've been reading on Twitter, that's probably not going to go through. Um, and he struggled to agree an extension with either team. Um, so I think, I think everyone's so conscious of the 2021 free agency class yeah. so no one really wants to commit past there which he's probably hoping to get money that's going to go um, past that year yeah 
Yeah, uh, I, I agree with that. I also wonder how much you know obviously this this heat team has been built on chemistry and underdog status and how much you can sort of mess around with something as as, as sort of uh as delicate as, as team chemistry because if you start sending in two established players who, who are expecting opportunities and it takes away from these young guys who have exploded in their their roles unexpectedly exploded and jimmy butler then, as well he was yeah infamous for, well exactly uh, well i think they'll fall into line with jimmy to be fair i think he's got the alpha role on that team um let's take a quick break to talk about our friends at nbastore.eu europe's official online nba store we've teamed up with them to give you 15 percent off orders with the code dcpod15 has your favorite player just been traded so you need a new jersey has your team got a new guy who you want to rap? Whatever you need, go get it at nbastore.eu. Just make sure you remember the code DCPOD15 at the checkout. With everything from the latest jerseys to hardwood classics, stance, socks and spalding balls, nbastore.eu has you covered by swiping down on your timeline as the trade deadline passes and you're about to record a podcast. Offer excludes sale and clearance items, but what are you waiting for? Head over to nbastore.eu now and use the code DCPOD15. Okay, so let's let's rewind to yesterday with what I thought was going to be the biggest trade of the the sort of the, the build up to the trade deadline, and it was a huge trade between uh, the Hawks, the Rockets, the Timberwolves, and the Nuggets. Um, essentially, you know, the key thing here moving was Clint Capella. So the Hawks got Clint Capella and Nene. Uh, the Rockets got Robert Covington and Jordan Bell, who's subsequently been traded for Bruno Caboclo. Uh, they got Golden State Warriors 2024 second round pick. The Timberwolves got Malik Beasley, Juan Hernan Gomez, Evan Turner, Jared Vanderbilt, Brooklyn's 2020 first round pick, and the Nuggets got Gerald Green, Keita Bates-Diop, uh, Shabazz Napier, Noah Vonley, and Houston's 2020 first round pick. If you could keep track with all of that, so the big, the big, the big steal in this is what say steal. The big, the big piece is Clint Capello, who finds himself on the Atlanta Hawks. Um, and the big story out of the whole trade, I guess, is the fact that the Houston Rockets have now gone hyper small ball, let's call it, and just no no centers apart from the ghost of Tyson Chandler. Uh, what was what was your reaction to this one? I was surprised. This was a great one to wake up to yesterday morning. I, I think it's for me, it's a picture of what's going on with the centers in the league. Obviously, Capella's a great player. He's really good defensively, and he's a, a rim running um, center. But for someone now who can't stretch the floor, he's on. I think it's like 14 point something million this year, which isn't terrible. Um, but then obviously Houston have decided that they'd rather spend that on someone that is going to give them a bit more versatility, like a 3 and D guy in Covington. Um, and so I think we're going to see this more and more now, unless your centre is someone like Embiid or Jokic or someone who's really dominant. Um, teams just aren't going to want to keep players around at the centre spot who can't shoot threes for decent money. It's a very serviceable position now where you look at someone like Daniel Tice in Boston who's hardly been paid anything and is doing a really good job that's the that's the takeaway for me with Capella moving on yeah and that's kind of what I was sort of trying to tee up for with the the Iggy talk is that he's a player who whose value has skyrocketed despite the fact of he's essentially in a diminished role because of what he can do in specific situations in the playoffs and Capella who like you say is a, is a rim running big um his his role with Houston and his growth has been stunted, and in fact, like the, the amount of times they use him in pick and roll situations has reduced. I think it was Kevin O'Connor had it. You know, he said it 
gradually reduced over the last few, four years and his idea of gradual and mine are quite different because it went it went from like they were the third ranked PNR team in the league four seasons ago to being the worst this season like, oh, it's not the worst the lowest pick and roll um usage f- throughout the entire league so that's that's not that that's a huge swing and essentially if you if you look at the playoffs and the way the games go now whenever it comes down to the tight games you know and this started with again the death lineup in golden state the players that are isolated as the weak points to attack are the big men they always are yeah. So it, even as as athletic as Capella is, and for a big guy, he had great feet for moving on defense. He's still the guy that they're going to run in a one-five pick and rolls to get the switch, and then let whoever the ball handler is just destroy them. It's that's just the way the league is now, and and like you say, it's 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 the, it's, it's the nature of the beast. It's why we're going to see more of these guys who are at one time would have been essentially cornerstone franchise players because everything went through the post are, are becoming surplus to requirements. And people are giving the Rockets some stick about not having anyone over six foot seven, or I think it's is it six seven or six nine for Robert Covington, but you know, not not a not the tallest of trees. Mm-hmm. And the fact that PGA Tucker, who's six five and thirty four, is probably going to be playing forty minutes a game at center, I kind of feel that's a bit disrespectful for PJ Tucker because I've I've seen that guy defend people like Joel Embiid and yeah. he's an ox try and move him like, I don't know what it is it's uh, he, he's an ox maybe it's because he's got uh, you know a thick frame and a lower center of gravity than a traditional big but I think it I, I you know don't get me wrong AD would kill him if it's a, a Rockets Lakers mm-hmm. series but who wouldn't AD kill yeah that, that's the weird thing for me when I think about it it's weird that Houston's done this now when for the past few years, the team that they've been trying to match up against is the Warriors, who are infamous for inventing the whole small ball thing. Um, and then as soon as they're out of the picture, and the teams that they're up against have got... Um, you've got your Anthony Davis, who'll be going up against Jokic, and maybe Embiid, and, or Yanis or someone with just immense size. And this is when they choose to let Capella go. Um, I like it. It kind of shows that they're going all in on their own mentality and hoping that it pays off. And that's exactly it. For, for me, it's the the old adage of force your opponent to play your style versus mm-hmm. having to adjust your style to theirs. Yeah, and as well, there's, I think there's something to the fact that um, I think it was Justin Verrier or someone who made the point earlier on one of the Ringer podcasts that um, obviously you've got Daryl Morey, his GM in Houston, who um, isn't in everyone's good books because of the whole China thing, um, and Mike <laughs> D'Antoni, who is out of contract at the end of the season, so... For both of them, it might just be kind of a, you know, what the heck, let's just go for it, see what happens. We might well, be and, here next year anyway. And part of the motivation is the owner, and I'm going to butcher his name, Tillman Fratita, um, doesn't, you know, is, is, you know, completely allergic to the luxury tax. And in my head, there's there's a portion of me that's going, well, all teams that win the title go into the luxury tax. They, yeah. You have to spend money to get, you know, you have to go over to, to get enough talent essentially um but there is part of me who looks at you know D'Antoni's out of his contract to the end of the year probably not returning the way things are going um this is this is Maury we're talking about this is completely a Maury thing and he must have done something with the math so I spent like <laughs> I spent far too long yesterday trying to look at um points 
per shot essentially for the, the rockets and i was looking at you know that you know they shoot 50 percent of their shots from from three they shoot which is way above league average uh, and they, they shoot them at a high clip essentially for point uh, for, for the amount of shots they take they're they're slightly better in terms of twos but they shoot less than them and it was it, i just went on this huge rabbit hole trying to work out the maths he'd used to go you know what let's take away a guy who basically probably shoots 65 percent at the rim because all he's doing is catching lobs and let's take him out and stick in another three-point shooter spread the floor wide out essentially enticing your opponent to shoot more two-pointers uh, more shots in the post which are a slightly higher percentage but aren't worth anywhere near as much as a three. And I wondered whether he's found some weird, quirky mathematical equation where he's gone, that's it, that's the code, I've cracked it, we're going with this. Yeah. Um, but obviously that's a massive like, uh, tinfoil hat moment for me yesterday that wasted a good couple of hours <laughs> of my life. And I, Yeah, I wonder as well, like we've seen, Harden started off really well in a sense, not being great. Westbrook started terrible and has been better. Um, whether this will open it up for both of them to be good because we know Westbrook's not a great shooter um, so whether this will give mm-hmm. him more access to the rim and um, whether it will open things up for Harden more as well at the same time it'll just be interesting to see over the next few weeks as they adjust um, how these minutes and all the, how the uh, usage distribution plays out yeah it, it will be um, so the Hawks get Capella who they've paired up with uh, Trey Young obviously so he's al- he's got an elite passer already there we could see a resurgence from him. How do you think the pairing of uh, John Collins and Clint Capella is going to work in that front court? Because it kind of feels a bit old school. Yeah, I like it. I don't. I don't think John Collins has been like shown enough defensively to be a good centre, um, and it's been really obvious over the past few days or whatever that the Hawks have been after a centre. So they got Capella. I think they re-signed Dwayne Dedman as well this morning, um, sending Jabari Parker and Alex Len the other way. Um, yeah. So, obviously, they know what Devon brings. They had him last year. Um, and he can give you some really good backup minutes as well. Um, so, getting Capella and Dedman, two similar players. Obviously, Capella's a lot better. Um, I like it. I think it. John Collins has shown the ability to stretch the floor. This will allow him to do that mm-hmm. a bit more as well. Um, so, I'm intrigued to see how it works. But, yeah, that's defensively, that's a twin tower. You know, <laughs> if, if Capella's your main defensive player... And then you've got you know taking the other, the other five essentially, and then Collins comes in swooping in from the four. That's a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, and as a, as a, as I sort of alluded to with, when I was talking about Capella earlier, that both of them are are quick enough laterally to cause some problems on switches defensively um, in terms of keeping up with the the supposed mismatches. So it'd be interesting to see how they work together going forwards. Um, did you have any other thoughts on the the other teams involved, the Timberwolves and the Nuggets? Yeah, I mean, there's, obviously there's so many players that got traded. Um, mm. I really like Malik Beasley. Um, he was someone who's going to be a restricted free agent in the summer. Um, and Denver obviously weren't willing to commit to the kind of money that they thought he'd be getting. Mm-hmm. He's ended up at the Timberwolves. Um, I think he could be really useful for them, giving them some scoring. Um, whether he starts or comes off the bench, I think he'd be really good. Same with Hernan Gomez, who's gone the same place. Um and Jared Vanderbilt, he was, he was another guy who um, didn't play a lot when he got drafted, but was one of the better defenders and rebounders in his class. Um, so, so you're positive for this new-look Timberwolves then? Yeah, and obviously they got the first-round pick as well from the Brooklyn one that came from Atlanta. Um, and that's looking like it's going to be 
around the 15th pick kind of range. Yeah, um, it won't so be too I think bad, for the Timberwolves, they've actually got a pretty good return for Covington, who realistically wasn't going to stay there um, to the end of the trade deadline. Yeah. No, I think I think that's a, a good point. I think Malik Beasley proved himself in the playoffs last year as a solid player. Um, there's been there's been you know last year we had the free Deng. Um, was it last year or the year? Yeah, it must have been at some point early last season we had uh, the free Deng campaign here and then he went to the Timberwolves and got some minutes but there's been a, a free Juan uh, campaign that I've seen online and now Hernan Gomez is, <laughs> I've not is, seen that <laughs> uh, I think it was a site called the uh, Greek God of Stats actually yeah. uh, they, they were pushing for this so they finally got him out they'll be pleased um, let's move on to another one which sort of has developed it developed a couple of hours ago, and then changed just for the deadline. And subsequently, since we've gone live, I've seen a Woj tweet pop up on my phone. Uh, so Marcus Morris and Isaiah Thomas have gone to the Clippers. Apparently, the Clippers are not keeping; uh, they were not keeping Isaiah Thomas acquired today from the Washington and three T deal, mm-hmm. um, which is interesting because I thought actually that could be quite a good move for them. Marcus Morris then to the Clippers. You know him as a Boston fan. Yeah. What's he going to bring to this? Um, well, interestingly, Woj appears to have deleted that tweet. Hmm. Maybe Woj got it wrong. But um, what, what do you think of Morris? I'm, I'm really not sure about this for the clips. Um, I love Marcus Morris. He was one of the strangely one of the more reliable players for Boston um, last season. But I just think he's he's one of them guys that's really high usage, um, and he he kind of stops the ball and he wants to be the main man. Um, even in Boston, he was he was probably higher up the pecking order than he's going to be behind Kawhi and Paul George and Lou Williams and all those guys on the Clippers. Um, mm-hmm. So I wonder if, uh, obviously he's going to be a really good scorer. He's actually a lot better of a defender than people give him credit for. Um, mm-hmm. I just wonder that for what they've given up um, in a first rounder of Mo Harkless and Jerome Robinson, if they could have got someone who perhaps is a better fit. But obviously there's been a lot of talk about the centre spot um, with Zubac being the traditional big guy and Harkless being an amazing centre, but he's only, what, 6'6". Six, six. Um, so that was, for me, uh, where the question was. They've gone with Morris and... Um, yeah. It kind of feels like um, the modern version of what would have been an enforcer about 25 years ago in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They've sort of brought him in for added toughness. Not that I think they necessarily needed it on that team. Um, obviously, he's he's shooting the three at a ridiculous clip this season because he had such a hot start. You can probably expect that that will tick up again from its recent slump with with how open he's going to be <laughs> as the as the fourth choice on that, that team. Um, he's averaging a career high, 19.6. Obviously, that won't last now that he's gone down the pecking order, as you say. I think it gives them a kind of a, a scary, you know, sort of two through four, or, or three through five, depending on what sort of lineup they run with, yeah, yeah. a scary trio with you know Paul George and and Kawhi Leonard on the defensive ends. I yeah, this could be. Well, you, you would imagine yeah. they're going to close games with Beverly, George, Kawhi, uh, um, Harold, and Marcus Morris, and that is going to be. Yeah. I mean, we, they're already scary defensively, um, and he just adds to that. So it's almost like they've got an eye on the playoffs, and they they've got another now. You know. Six foot eight, two hundred and thirty-five pound presence to to throw at LeBron in in an anticipated conference finals matchup. Mm-hmm. 
So um, Harkless obviously went the other way. He's on an expiring. The Knicks have, have managed to come out of this. Uh, they now have at least seven first-round picks over the next four seasons. They're in, they're in full re- rebuild mode. Um, any thoughts on the Knicks, who were rumoured to be involved with D'Angelo Russell at one point? Yeah. They've obviously not, not gone down that road. Uh, they've also apparently will be announcing Leon Rose as president, who is former agent of LeBron James, Carmelo Anthony, and and the Knicks sort of are following the the pattern of Bob Myers in Golden State, in Golden State, and then Rob Pelinka in LA by putting a, an agent in as the the president. If this obviously happens, could be an interesting move for them, but worth worth noting that he might have. He might have caused Knicks more trouble previously, though, because he was involved in getting Eddie Curry and Andrea Bagnani uh, the deals they got in New York. Um, so, did you have any thoughts on his potential appointment? I mean, it was a bit too little, too late, wasn't it? Like coming through, well, barely coming through today in time for the the deadline. From what I was reading, um, Steve Mills was wanting to keep. Marcus Morris and kind of <laughs> make him the the free agent that they were going to sign in the summer and commit to and um, I remember writing a piece before the season started um, just looking at the Knicks and saying that this season and obviously they had a ridiculous off season where they signed so many weird players um, <laughs> this season could be a real success for them if they just got rid and got any assets possible um, and it's turned out that Marcus Morris is really the only one that they've got anything for and that was really last minute I mean that was literally the details are coming through as the deadline passed about mm. um, half an hour ago. So, yeah, fair play to the Knicks for actually getting something. If this is, if um, Leon Rose can carry on this trend throughout the summer and through next year, um, and they do actually go full rebuild, then um, fair play to them. And I, hope, I wish the guy all the best in uh, working with James Darwin. <laughs> <laughs> yep, good luck on that one. Um, Let's let's quickly flip to a team that didn't make any moves. Uh, let's let's go to the LA Lakers for for a moment. Um, so they didn't make any moves. Kevin O'Connor's tweeted subsequently that that league sources have long believed that Darren Collison's preference is the Lakers over the Clippers. With Isaiah Thomas now going to the Clippers, this is assuming they keep him. It's reasonable to expect the Lakers will eventually sign Collison. Do you think the Lakers need to make a move? Uh, I think they want that extra ball handler. Uh, ball handler, rather. Um, if Collison's available, I think I've also read recently that um, Matt Barnes has been texted live on TV or something by Collison saying that he's fifty-fifty in terms of coming back. Um, oh, which wow. I guess would I guess would hinge on whether he gets an offer from either of those two teams. With the, obviously the news just coming out that the Clippers aren't going to keep Isaiah Thomas, I think either of the, the two LA teams would definitely look for someone like Collison, um, who mm. again is reliable. Like a decent defender, he can knock down threes, and he's that veteran presence again that can only help the team really. Um, I think he would. Pro- the Lakers probably need him more, um, but he would definitely suit either. One of, one of the things that people are pointing to a lot is the uh, the Lakers are fourteen points worse off per hundred possessions uh, with LeBron off the floor, and I kind of I kind of get that to a degree, but I kind of feel like we're getting lost in the numbers a bit because. 100 possessions is is a lot of possessions that's it's not like he goes off the court and suddenly they're they're down by 14 this this idea that he's going to be off the court for anywhere close to that seems a bit far-fetched to me um you know obviously in my mind it'd be closer to okay 10 possessions he'll be off so you're down 1.4 points well that's not really a huge deal to make up in my mind um so it's kind of the context of that stat 
it feels odd to me that people are sort of trying to pick apart this team at how bad they could be when they are, you know, top of the Western Conference. The rotations are going to shorten as soon as the playoffs starts, and LeBron will probably log more minutes. And I get that he's older, and I get that he's carrying a load, but it just seems like we're trying to find something to fault this team for. Maybe that's just the media beast as it is these days, but we're trying to find something to fault this team for when there's not really something there. I get that there's, you know, the, the matchup with the Clippers is going to be beyond tough, but it just, I, I just think people are trying to, to push this angle a little bit too hard. Yeah, and it's because it's the Lakers, isn't it, as well? Like they're the most covered True. team in the league. Everyone loves to talk about them. Um, it was interesting that, come, well, the, the rumours coming out now, whether they're true or not, or whether they're just putting them out there because he's stuck with the team now and they've got to stick up for him. Um, that Kuzma was reportedly never on the table with any of these trades. Um, yeah, right. Which, yeah, I can't, I can't see being true. Well, actually, it, it might have been true because there was probably no trade out there that would have got you value in return back for his ridiculously cheap contract. Yeah, true. So, so they, they couldn't even get to the table because they just someone floated the idea and they went, no, the money doesn't work. All mm-hmm. oh, right, okay. Um, interestingly, Woe just tweeted again <laughs> that uh, OKC uh, have, have submitted no trades to the league. So the, the Gallo thing we mentioned earlier is completely out. Um was there any bits you wanted to, to pick up? I know you had like a list of, of areas you wanted to cover. Uh, in terms of like different trades? Or... Yeah, go for it. Yeah, yeah. so it pains me to say, but I really like the um, the little pickup for the 76ers who gave up three second rounders for Alec Burks and Glenn Robinson from the Warriors. Um, well, stop press on that one. You might change your mind, but uh, there was a Woj tweet that Burks is being waived. You're joking. <laughs> no, no. Unless I'm re- unless I'm reading it wrong, uh, let me just. Flip they do back need into a roster it. spot because they've taken on too many players. I couldn't believe it when I uh, when I read it at first. And this is where I probably got. I oh, know it's it's Shams, not Woj. Sources: Philadelphia is waving guard Trey Burke. Oh, Trey ah, Burke, not uh, Alec Trey Burks. Burke, not Alec Burks. There we go. I didn't <laughs> re- <laughs> the wrong Burke. <laughs> the wrong Burke. There you go. That's 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 that's. I did think that was odd, and then yeah, okay, there you go. Too many Burks. Yeah. It's almost like was it? It was Brooks last year, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, with, yeah, uh, Memphis, where they got Dylan. it all wrong. Uh, <laughs> there you go. So you, you like that pickup? Obviously, I add shooting to the roster. Yeah, which as a Boston um, fan, I really didn't want to happen. But um, for three second rounders, which is dirt cheap, really, um, I really like that. Again, very short term. Elton Brand showing that um, the Sixers are all about the here and now. So. I like the pickup for them. I think the one that we we haven't mentioned at all yet that we we really need to get to and just tear apart because it's horrendous is the uh, Andre Drummond move, which came through again about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I I completely forgot in in the in in just sort of the the mass of of names that flew around afterwards. But there's uh, I've seen a tweet flash up uh, that he's tweeted at Kevin Love with a smiley face and a wink or something like that. Wow. So. My my, I was because they didn't announce who he was going for when I last saw it. As, have they announced that yet? Or yeah, is so, it just still... <laughs> all right, we'll get your reaction live. Cause Come on, then. just prepare yourself. Okay, so Cleveland gets Andre Drummond. The Pistons get Brand- Tristan Thompson, Brandon Knight, who's expiring. Right. Yeah. John Henson, who's expiring. Mm. And the lesser of either the Golden State or the Cleveland 2023 second round pick. Wow, that's it. They didn't seem. I'm surprised that Andre Drummond only gets that. Well, <laughs> I mean, unless Again, something this, else it's comes out, back. It's, it's mad. 
but, but this this harks back to the, what, we've, what we've said twice already on this about the value of the big man. Yeah, yeah. And and as great as as Andre Drummond is in his role, how valuable is that role anymore? Is it is it valuable enough to want to pay you know twenty five mil plus every year for? And yeah, and, and the answer is no. It's great for Cleveland, I guess, because they get three months worth of Drummond, and they can decide what they want to pay him. Basically, all they've given up is a second rounder that's going to be if the Warriors come back good, it's going to be in the fifties. And they can decide whether or not they want to pay him. Although, having said that, I would assume that Drummond made all this trade noise because he was saying that he was going to opt out of his player option to take on more like long-term money this summer. His player option next year is twenty-eight million. Um, he might be realizing now that he's not going to get anywhere near that. I would have thought in the free agency market. So, I would imagine he's going to stick with that player option next year and then see after that whether Cleveland or whoever wants to commit to him. How how different do you think the pairing with him and Kevin Love is going to be compared to to him and uh, uh, and Blake Griffin, who's obviously out injured now? But you know he he clearly bristled with with Blake. Do you think he's going to be able to coexist with someone like Kevin Love? I don't know. It, it could just be a matter of time until we yeah. hear again that Drummond wants a trade, or if they have to force Love out the door or whatever in the summer. Yeah, that's that's an odd one. I. I, ge- I genuinely thought someone like Kevin Love would be going the other way, or Tristan Thompson, mm-hmm. but but that's just yeah. I, I don't completely mad. understand why the Pistons have done that. Um, well, it's, it, unless it's, like, they've cleared cap space, they didn't want him to re-sign, obviously, and now they've got well, the two expirings in. They've got they've got cap space this summer, which I hope is just you know I hope they've got something up their sleeve because that must be a gross miscalculation that everyone is going for cap space for the year after mm. and they've gone for cap space this year when your you know your 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 marquee free agent is was probably going to be Andre Drummond yeah, yeah. it's not a great year for free agents i guess that then, that does probably prove then that because the pistons have done it that drummond's going to opt in um, in the summer but yeah in a class with not many people there i guess they can take on they can take flyers on people for a year Maybe do what the yeah. Knicks should have done this year and just take on people that they can trade for other assets to help the rebuild. Okay, yeah, no, that, that's that's fair. Um, so I guess that's that's sort of the the big ones. Obviously, there were lots of little trades that that went around. Like, and I've managed to mention this three times on the pod tonight: uh, Jordan Bell and Bruno Caboclo, mm. um, which we're not going to talk about because it's just not even worth it. So the next sort of big moment will be. Uh, the deadline for, for picking up waves and things like that ahead of the playoffs. This is obviously what most teams, you know, the buyout market's going to be there. Uh, this is what most teams are going to be set with now, though. Um, biggest winner for you? Um, I think I'm going to have to say Memphis. Um, I think from this trade deadline and what they've done all year, Kevin O'Connor kind of tweeted earlier on today um, that in the dra- in the last year, they've drafted John Morant, traded for Brandon Clark, or traded up in the draft for him. Um Dalt Mike Conley for a first round pick. They took DeAnthony Melton for the ability to take Josh Jackson um, and then got a first rounder for Iguodala and got Justice Winslow. Um, I, I think what they've done this year has been amazing and the fact that they're still competing um, in the midst of all of it is just incredible. So for me, uh, winners of the whole season and probably the trade deadline are the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, did you write the season preview for them as well? No, it was no, Pelicans, wasn't it? No, I just I was just wondered if you were uh, high on them for for from from the off as well. Um, winner for me, it's really tough because half of me wants to stick my neck out and say the Rockets for going hyper small oh. ball and then 
but for, I've got a feeling it might just get slapped in, in my face come the second round of the playoffs when they inevitably fade out Yeah, again. first round you'll probably be looking like they're confident and then as soon as they face off against someone who's massive, you'll be... And part, I, I want to say that partly the Timberwolves because they've, they've sort of retooled significantly and un, undergone a massive makeover that they probably couldn't have achieved in an off-season. But I really don't like the fact they've lost Rocco. Oh, man, this is horrible. I guess <laughs> of all the I'm teams to... <laughs> yeah, do you know? Do you know what I'm going to go with? Go I'm going to stick my neck out and say the the Golden State Warriors. Okay. I I think I think if everyone comes back healthy, you you've got you've got a couple of decent picks there sitting sitting ready to use. If everyone comes back healthy, mm-hmm. you've got Andrew Wiggins as the fourth piece. He's he's an upgrade on Harrison Barnes, and I get that everyone's now about four or five years older. And I'm not saying they're going to go for 73 wins or anything like that, but I think they've managed to transition quite well from the KD era to still being having a relevant and and pretty good starting five uh, come next season. So that's where that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to jump back on the Warriors bandwagon. Wow. Yeah, so uh, agree, disagree, let us know. Uh, tweet us at Double Clutch UK or, or contact us through any other social media platform that you fancy. Um, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast, rate and review us. Tom, where can they find you? Uh, so at TomHall789 on Twitter, Instagram, Gmail, anything like that. Cool. Uh, and mine's Mike Miller underscore time. Thank you very much for listening. We'll catch you next week, probably with some all-star related uh talk i guess we might even we might even draft some teams something like that um but until then thank you for listening